Welcome spooks and spirits, ghouls and ghosts. Take a seat around the campfire. But beware, this podcast is haunted. Jen, hello. Catherine, you are, you're older now. You're, you're I older. am. I'm a year and a day older than I was the last time you talked to me. Yeah. How fancy. Happy, Happy belated uh, birthday. Thank you. I'm 33 now. Wow. And uh, my kidneys are 90. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're having a great year. Yeah, what about the year thirty three is going to be all about like personal health. Everything's coming up, Kate. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I've got surgeries lined up and ready to go, and uh, everything's pointed towards getting my new helper kidney, Steve, Ooh, named for the six million dollar man. I like it. I, like I don't it. remember who came up with that. One of my good friends was like, you should name it Steve after the $6 million man. And I was like, that's fucking genius. But then I didn't like implant which one of my genius friends said it. So if it's one of you listening, take credit. If I, own, if I owe you credit, then there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a great idea. And I've hooked on it. <laughs> so great. Um, yeah, I'm really I'm excited. My birthday was good. It was very chill. Um, yeah. Dan made me pancakes with raspberries and lemon curd. Aww. So I'm a happy camper. Wow, lemon curd, that sounds fancy. I'm very fancy. I don't know if you knew that. I did know that about you, yeah. A couple months ago, I bought myself um, a few new birthday tiaras, and I didn't remember to wear a single one of them. Well, what the hell? I haven't seen any of them. You need to post pictures. See, the thing is, I look so different from the way I normally look. Like, the picture you posted of me in the group. Well, then just post pictures. Maybe I can just, like, take photos of the tiaras, and I'll let you Photoshop them onto photos of what I used to look like. (laughs) There we go. Like, until this prednisone swelling goes away. (laughs) I feel you. And it's not like, you know, like, I don't want anybody to feel like, oh, if they're bigger than Kate Reed, because I'm, I'm very swollen right now. I look like I'm quite quite a lot bigger than I am normally. Mm-hmm. So anybody who's bigger than Kate Reed can't be pretty. It's not that I'm not pretty. I've always been pretty. It's mm-hmm. just that I don't look like myself. Like my proportions are totally weird. I totally get that. I mean, I think that would do a lot of like, like, yeah, I would feel very weird. Um, it would be one thing if it hadn't been so many fucking months, but it's been like this since mm-hmm. uh, July. I've been, uh, I've been on prednisone since July. And so like everything from basically my nipples north <laughs> is swollen beyond all reason. I actually, I'm 70 pounds lighter than I was the last time you saw me. Wow. I know. Uh, more than so. It's more, probably closer to 80 now. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Because I'm so swollen from the prednisone, I have so many new stretch marks. They're like literally ripping my shoulders and I'm starting to get little droplets of blood in them. Holy shit. I know. Ah. Just the hits keep on coming, guys. Yeah, they do. Okay. Well, um, yeah. that's... A- <laughs> Well, we're weaning me off of the prednisone, and I should be off of it by the new year, so. Yay! Soon I will look normal again, and hopefully my shoulders will stop, you know, randomly bleeding. Yeah. Let's hope for that. Oh, this has been such an adventure, guys. And thank everybody. I just thank you all for your support. Um, some of you guys have just been like coming out of the woodwork to send me cards and mm. messages of support and coloring books to keep me busy. People have offered kidneys and I put you guys on a list, so <laughs> I'll be in touch. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really, I just really appreciate it, everybody. Thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, well, shall we get on with it? Yeah, let's like talk about haunted shit. Yeah, and not, like my horrific body. We gotta have the the biweekly Kate update. <laughs> yeah, every two weeks, who wants to hear about my fucking disease? Yeah. What are we covering today, Jeff? We are talking about America's hat, <laughs> the better part of North America. Uh, yeah. Canada. 
I you like how I had to like Oh Canada. <laughs> you like how I had to subtly insult them before building them back up again. <laughs> yeah. America's hat. You're our accessory. <laughs> but also you're so much better than we are. Like yeah. honestly, a- we should call them America's tiara. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I like that. They uh, are the best part of North America. They are. God, all that beautiful fucking socialism. Mm, delicious. Uh, mm. Anyway, lots of things to enjoy out of Canada. Mm -hmm. I try to go every year to Stratford, Ontario for Mm. the Shakespeare Festival. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, I wasn't able to go in 2020 and it made me legitimately sad. Yeah, I get sad when I think about that. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to go to Stratford this year. I've really only covered Ottawa. uh, I'm sorry, Ontario. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know the other provinces as well. Have you traveled much in Canada? I've been to uh, Ontario, uh, but... My more recent jaunt to Canada was to Montreal, which was oh beautiful. Highly, highly yes. recommend. If you want to feel like you're in Europe, go to Old Town Montreal. Yeah. I recently saw a TikTok mm-hmm. um, where in Old Town Montreal, they have a toboggan hill set up. And it's like, it takes you along and it's outside in front of their beautiful uh, castle style building. I think it's their parliament building. Uh And it's just stunning. I also have a bucket list wish to go to Prince Edward Island, obviously. Uh, Yes. And live out my Anne of Avonlea dreams. Yes. Have to go. Have to go. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's one of the places that I think we will go when the new kidney arrives. Yeah. Um, And then see how I always bring it back to that. It's all Mm. I think about. Yeah. (laughs) And then Vancouver, British Columbia mm-hmm. is supposed to be like the coolest city in the world. Yeah, I really want to go there. Um, they have a, amazing Chinese food if you love Chinese food. <laughs> I did not know that. That's, that's a It's like fact. something they're known for. Yeah. Oh, well then. So yeah, I love Canada. Thank you guys for Tim Hortons and for the beauty that is Justin Trudeau, who, while still a problematic white male, is just so damn pretty. Yeah. I'm going to let him get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't any of our leaders be fucking hot? Like the closest we got was Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. Let us uh, let us talk about its hauntings. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story that I'm telling today is actually, it doesn't take place very far from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually in Wallaceburg, Southern Ontario, which is just on the other side of Lake St. Clair. Ooh. I don't know, maybe yeah. an hour south of Sarnia. Mm-hmm. So if you're used to crossing the border with me, I usually go through Sarnia. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to Detroit. It's the better place. I'm sorry, but Sarnia is much better crossing because lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a much easier crossing point. Uh, that's, that's such a sure. fucking Michigan thing to say of like, oh, what's your favorite uh, border crossing? What's your favorite way to get to Canada? Yeah. Michigan is such an unusual state. Yeah, yeah. You can't really be here by accident because it's a peninsula. Yeah. So you're either like, like the, we're used to not having very much traffic. And then when we get to places that have a lot of traffic, we're like, ah, ah, what? Ah, what ah, the fuck is it. going on here? You cut that out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Sarnia is nice. Also from Sarnia, we get uh, comedian comedian Catherine Ryan, who is a gem. So thanks, oh. Sarnia. We appreciate you. you. Um, so in this area, Wallaceburg, they had an original settlement that they called Baldoon. Baldoon? And, yeah, isn't that great? It sounds like Brigadoon. Um, Any uh, relation? No. <laughs> <laughs> Except for this is mysterious and distantly related to the Highlands. Does it disappear? <laughs> it does. It does. <gasps> <laughs> but that's not the mystery. Okay. Uh, it disappears because of the War of 1812. Oh, well, you know, that'll happen. <laughs> right, right, right. Did we, did we blow it up? Is that why uh, they... No, we just stole all their sheep and they left. Oh, okay. And and then they burned up the White House in... 
Uh, yeah, retaliation. fair's fair. Fair's fair. fair. We took their sheep. They took our White House. Yeah. The, to a Scots person, that's about equal. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Wallaceburg is the town today. Uh, back then it was called Baldoon. Uh, and that was organized in 1804 by Lord Selkirk, who you may have heard of. He was a um, fairly famous Scottish lord. Mm. Uh, and he wanted to set up a place in Ontario that was very like the highlands of his home. Ah. Uh, but if you know anything about the land of Ontario and Michigan, it's, it's not... mostly swamp. <laughs> It's not yeah, really it's Highland. Not, it's like famously settled by the Dutch because it so closely resembles the terrain of the Netherlands. Yep. Yep. Which yep, are exactly. Lowlands. Swampy as fuck. Yeah. Um, so they these people got here to Baldoon in 1804 just in time for malaria season amongst mm. the swamp. Yeah. They're like, where are the hills? <laughs> right. They brought all these animals. The animals kept getting sick. They would die in floods because, of course, there was regular flooding. Yeah. Which um, is... And just it was a nightmare. So by the time 1812 rolled around, mm. the United States invaded, stole all the sheep. They're like, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, they were. And so uh, Lord Selkirk sold off his land and mm. he broke it up into parcels. And the parcels that were high ground, not oh, swampy, okay. mm-hmm. were, were quite valuable. Um, and so those those did get some interested buyers. And one of those interested buyers was John McDonald and his family. Uh, his father also came and bought a separate parcel. John had children and a wife and their children's um, partners also. So mm-hmm. uh, kind of an extended family. Uh, they came and they built a small farm in 1820. Mm-hmm. Now at that same time, remember, these parcels of land were somewhat... They were valuable and they were somewhat rare because everything else was so swampy and shitty. Yeah, yeah. And so there was a dispute over who was going to purchase the land, mm. John McDonald or another gentleman and his mother. And in the end, it went to John. Uh, we're going to come back to these people, though. All right. The eventual haunting is going to remind you a great deal of the Bell Witch. <gasps> Ooh. Or at least it reminds me of the Bell Witch. Okay, that was a fun one. Uh, rather a lot of almost... Um, poltergeist-like activity, lots of harassment of the family, and, you know, they're kind of out in the country and, and, and dealing with these things on their own. Mm-hmm. So even though they bought the house in 1820, the incidents didn't really pick up until 1829. Okay. So the first incident that was severe enough that they started to really take notice. Now, there had been other things along the way. Uh, They had heard sounds, whispers, scratchings, things like that. Mm -hmm. But the first truly dangerous thing happened in 1829. And we get this information as because the story became quite famous. It was reported in many local papers, including the Detroit Free Press. Mm. Um, And the story holder, the main source for the work for these is Neil McDonald, son of the house, who was five years old when this happened. Oh, wow. So this is like first-hand account, basically. Basically. Now, you still have to take those with a grain of salt. I mean, he was five. <laughs> right. He was five. <laughs> Additionally, there might have been some ulterior motive. No. I can't imagine what it was. It doesn't no. seem like a fun Why thing. would anyone lie about ghosts? That's never happened in our... <laughs> it's never happened <laughs> in the, we know of. In the history of our show. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> All right. So... 
This first incident that was truly dangerous mm -hmm. uh, happened while the women of the family were out in the barn and they were prepping straw to be into bundles. Okay. Uh, now you have to do that kind of delicately. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but straw can spontaneously combust. I, what? No. Yeah. What? It actually happened uh, when I was working at the haunted house. <gasps> so what happens is when straw, which is hollow, gets wet... Uh -huh. um, it can mold and that mold puts off exothermic energy that can wow. catch the other dry straw on fire. I didn't know that mold could just combust. Yes. Well, in the, given the right con conditions. Okay. Um, so yeah, some barn fires are the result of moldy hay, moldy straw. I had no idea. Yeah. It's... My only experience with farming is with Stardew Valley, which I am very much addicted to right now. Fair. Well, just, you know, keep your hay bales clean and dry. Yeah. That's what you need to remember. But but it requires a lot of, like, knowledgeable prep to make sure that bundles are going to be bundled correctly. Mm -hmm. And so that's what these women were out there doing. When all of a sudden, the timbers that held up the roof... Mm-hmm. Uh, poles and timbers started to spontaneously shake and fall and splinter. Oh boy! Sending horrible um, amounts of wood to the ground. They had to run out of the building uh -huh. to avoid being stabbed yeah. by all of this wood. Oh boy! Yeah, pretty severe, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they went back later and they looked at how these barns were built. They were built in an Amish style, and if you know anything about Amish style buildings, fucking quality, right? They do not fall down. No. Yeah. Uh, it's the peg and drill hole system of building that doesn't require nails. Uh -huh. um, and they, they typically don't fall. They just, the boards swell together and they, they live for hundreds of years, these buildings. So it was really unusual. I'm just Googling to make sure I remember. Mortis and tenon, right? Yes. Boom. Architecture term. Nice. Nice. I had no idea. Very good. Yeah. From there, things started to accelerate. Mm -hmm. They had auditory hallucinations. Like I said, they were hearing things, scratchings, oh, voices. Oh, yeah, that is very, that's very bellwitch. Yes, hate it. Uh -huh. uh, and then uh -huh. one night, and this happened multiple times, but the first time it was at night. Yeah. They heard stomping through no. the kitchen. Not like some, not like one person was walking, but like a whole battalion oh, boy. was marching through their kitchen loudly and obtrusively. Is it like the army from the 1812 war? I don't know. Okay. They don't give an answer. Ah. Um, but it's definitely enough to have freaked everybody out. Um, a few days later, they had their youngest child, who was still in a cradle in front of the fire. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, some unseen force started violently rocking the cradle back and forth. No. Uh, John and his two oldest sons jumped on the cradle to make it stop rocking, and they were unable to make the action stop. What? Three adult men. What? Could not stop this cradle. Did they get the baby out, though? They got the baby out <laughs> okay. and they scooted away in terror. Uh. Uh, they just grabbed him and ran. Yeah. Or her. I don't. They don't say which baby's in there. Then. This one freaks me out, too. Mm -hmm. um, and this, again, happened multiple times. They had a little house and it had maybe six or seven windows. You know, tiny 1820s cabin. You understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, glass was expensive. Yeah. And so their windows started getting broken out by bullets and rocks hitting the house. That's frankly rude. That's a little much, don't yeah. you think? Especially a bullet. Jesus Christ. Jeez. Wait, a bullet? Did they find bullets? They found the bullets, <gasps> yes. There were uh, casings all over. And, and uh, they swept them up. Mm -hmm. And they noticed that many of the bullets and rocks had unusual scratch marks on them. What? That were very unique. Okay. And so they took them and, and to dispose of them, they dumped them in the local creek. Yeah, you know, just get rid of the evidence, whatever. Right. I mean, well, what do you do? Like, <laughs> It's 1820. It's fine. Right. Um, so 
they dump these unusual bullets and rocks in the creek, go back, replace the glass. Yeah. Everything gets shot out again the next day. And when they sweep up the bullets, it's the same markings. They think it's the same bullets collected out of the river and shot at the house again. Okay, that's when you collect them and you keep them. Right? You would think. But they did not actually get that smart. No. <laughs> they just kept doing this again they and kept, again. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Until eventually John McDonald boarded up all the windows. Yeah. Instead of having to replace the glass because it was just too expensive. Or instead of just like hanging on to the bullets that apparently are reused. Right. <laughs> I, you know, you can't teach common sense, Jeff. They didn't have the internet. <laughs> right. We could have Googled about what to do. What to do when, when phantom bullets shoot out your windows. Save the bullets, obviously. Obviously. Anyway, so at this point in time, the family's feeling so harassed that they decide to abandon the property. And they're going to go to John's father, who lives fairly close, and see if they can seek some peace there. Hmm. Of course, they cannot. No. <laughs> they are followed, effectively. Uh-huh. And now the harassment is raining on his father and mother, uh, in addition to his family. More property damage? More property damage. God damn it. The same problems. Oh, that's the worst thing to happen to a white person. They eventually go back to their own property just to save their father from also <laughs> having to deal. Yeah, for real. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I would do the same to my parents. They don't deserve that shit. Oh. <laughs> um... And so they abandoned the house, though, and continued to live in a tent, which doesn't make sense to me because a tent feels less secure than a house. If somebody's Mm. firing bullets at you, call me crazy. But anyway, that's what they did. Uh Um, And while they were camping in the tent, they call the Catholic Church and they say, hey, can you come out and do an exorcism? And they were given, at this point in time, the story had become so big that it was reaching international papers. And so the Catholic Church did agree to come out. Mm-hmm. They performed an exorcism. Yeah. And there was no change in the behavior. Oh, no. Yeah, because what happens is that it's not the house that's being possessed by a demonic entity. It's you. This isn't an exorcism. Uh-huh. This is somebody who's doing something. Oh. So they eventually reached out to a local wise woman. Mm-hmm. Others would call her a witch. And she was like, save the bullets, you dumbasses. <laughs> uh, she was not. But oh, okay. she did encourage them. And, and there's some, um, they're not quite sure. History, historical accounts differ. Mm-hmm. Um, one person says, oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I skipped a bunch of stuff. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I skipped a few things. They had a lot of fires that started randomly around the property. Mm. Like 12 or 13 fires at a time. At a like okay like like spontaneously combusting at a time i'm so sorry i forgot to mention that before oh, okay. i'm just gonna go through and make sure i'm not missing anything else that's fine okay so the wise woman says there is a goose on your property mm-hmm. that doesn't belong to you okay it has a black head <gasps> is this like a black phillip situation <laughs> well kind of <gasps> yes you need to craft a silver bullet mm-hmm. and injure that goose that's what did the poor goose do to them I think the goose is a familiar. So oh. they shot the goose. Uh-huh. And they only shot it in the arm. It, it injured it. It injured its wing. Okay. Uh, before it got away. And after that, everything stopped. Okay. A few days later, while riding into town, they noticed the neighbor who they had had the dispute with, the mother. Uh-huh. She and her son wanted the same property the McDonald's were on. Oh, right. Okay. Because it's valuable. It was. Yeah. She had a broken arm <gasps> set in a sling. Whoa. On her property with her hair tied back in a black wreath, a black wrap. Uh-huh. Like a goose. The people think that uh-huh. she was a witch herself and was sending these things to their house. Wow. 
Now, unfortunately, even though this story had become quite, quite, quite famous, the house itself is no longer there. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a local museum that does have recreation of the muse of the uh, original house. Uh The original house um, burned down in 1930. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that, that happens. Yeah. And I just want to give a quick thank to thehauntedwalk.com, mm-hmm. uh, specifically Brittany Ann Boss, PhD, Dr. Brittany Ann Boss, uh, who wrote up the events of this story that I was able to use for research. There were a couple different renditions, but hers certainly had the most detail. And so if you're interested, guys, check out The Baldoon Mystery, mm-hmm. Haunted Walks, Inc., hauntedwalk.com. Uh, and that is my story. Wow. Like a Canadian bell witch. It is a, yeah, I like how it's, it's basically like, yeah, for real, it was a witch. <laughs> yeah, this, this is really what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on, it's my story. Yes, please. Uh, so for this, we are going to go out to the West Coast, which I, I've never been out here. I've, I've been to, like, you know, the state's West Coast, but I haven't been up to Canada West Coast. This is in Victoria, British Columbia. Oh, it's supposed to be so beautiful there. It looks beautiful. I saw some pictures. Victoria, B.C., I believe is the capital of B.C., there's there's a parliament building there. Sure, Just, sure. That's what I'm going off of. I could have looked this up. I did not. Um, anyway, so there are there's like a a couple of like very famous buildings that are like right on the the waterline of there's like a inner harbor that Victoria is situated on, um, and uh, I don't know why I can't word right now. Um, <laughs> there's the the Parliament Building, but then there's also a hotel, uh, and so it's the hotel that I'm going to be talking about, the Fairmount Empress Hotel. Um, it was designed by Sir Francis Rattenbury, who also designed the Parliament Building. Um, So, yeah, they have kind of a similar look. So the Parliament Building was built in the 1890s, and it's like a very Baroque-slash-Renaissance style. Uh, It's got, like, very high domes, and it's very large and expansive. Um, Wait, what's it called again? I got to look it up. uh, Just look up, like, Victoria Parliament Buildings, B.C., or something. Legislative Assembly of British Columbia. There you go. Oh my gosh, it's so pretty. Isn't it? It's very pretty. Uh, it reminds me wow. of the parliament buildings in Budapest, actually. So there was a, actually a competition uh, to design the parliament building. Um, and Rattenbury won. And he, so he designed it and it was built and everyone loved it. What year did he do that? Uh, 1890s. You know, that was such a popular thing to do in the 1890s. I don't know if you know this, but um, Michigan, mm-hmm. our state capitol building, mm-hmm. uh, was kind of the first state to kick off hmm. what was called the golden age of capitol building in roughly that same era. So, this is our third state capitol, our current state capitol. Mm. Um, and it was also a competition, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's not dissimilar to this building. Um, but I will tell you one fa- fun fact ours was not about designing the most elegant or most beautiful building. <laughs> uh-huh. It was about designing the one that looked the most elegant and beautiful while being the cheapest. Yes. And so all That's... of the wallpaper and stuff that was like fancy Victorian wallpaper uh-huh. uh, and pine boards and walnut wainscoting uh-huh. is actually not any of that. It's all hand-painted by artists. That's... Um, and today that's crazy expensive but back then it was actually cheaper to hire somebody to hand paint yeah over 19 acres of surfaces yeah yeah 
So like all the pine boards have been repainted to look like walnuts. All of the walls are hand painted uh, paper and yeah, it's just crazy. That started in Michigan anyway. Wow. That's all. Yeah. It's just funny that something that labor intensive, it was like cheaper because they're like artists do it for the exposure. (laughs) Yes. That's exactly what it was. (gasps) Fuck off. Okay. (laughs) Well. So anyway, uh, so Rattenbury uh, gains a lot of attention and popularity from designing the parliament building. And so suddenly he's a hot commodity in Victoria and everyone wants him to design their new fancy building. Sure. So one of those buildings is the Empress Hotel. Um, It is still (sighs) so pretty there. Yeah. Did you have you are you looking at it? Yes. Everyone Google along. Uh, (laughs) Right. That's basically what goes on here. So it is one of the oldest hotels in Victoria. It opened in 1908. Uh, It's built in the chateau-esque style. So think of French chateau. Um, And yeah, I okay. So and it's one of uh, Canada's grand railway hotels, uh, which is a whole thing, was is actually owned by the Canadian Pacific uh, Railway. Does that still operate? Um, I think somewhat. I don't think it operates in the same way as it used to, but I sure. th- I know that there is a railway system still going through Canada. Um, oh my God, it is beautiful China sets. I oh, Yeah, I spent some time on their w- official website and I was just drooling. Jen, add it to the list of places we got to fucking go. I, I am. I've, I've, it's, yeah, it's on my list. Um, so, we got to have tea here. Mm-hmm. Okay, Stop sorry. spoiling get, my story. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's really pretty teacups. You're getting ahead of it. Um, but the teacups are so pretty. I know. Okay, I'm going to close my phone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to listen to you. Just listen to me. Respect. Spin you a tale. I love you. Yeah. Spin me a tale. Weave All you right. a tapestry of words. Uh, so. So the the Canadian Pacific Hotels uh, system is run through the railway and is a series of grand hotels that were built along the railway system to encourage uh, people traveling throughout Canada in style. So this is very like, hey, British Columbia is really new as a territory or a province, um, but we want you to come out and visit. And we specifically want rich people to come visit so that they can invest their money into these brand new places. So they built all these like luxury hotels and a lot of them still exist. You can kind of, uh, I was looking on Wikipedia, but you can kind of see a list of like where they all were. and And it does really span like the entire width of the country. And it also goes up, uh, the Pacific, uh side too Um, that's so cool yeah i really really want to like do a whole railway road trip where we stay at these hotels and and drink fancy tea yes please wear long gowns yes (laughs) yes okay i would yes so i literally wrote on this it i have a new travel goal because like and so this hotel is like a block away from the rail station because they like wanted everything to be very convenient and very luxurious it was expanded in 1910 and in 1928, and then it was renovated in uh, like the uh, 2014 time period. So uh, it is n- newly renovated, as you have seen, and it's very fancy and very cool. Um, it has 464 guest rooms and suites. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's huge. There are several restaurants. Now I'm just straight up reading an ad for this hotel <laughs> um, and the, including the lobby lounge, which as you uh, saw holds an afternoon tea service, which looks so fun. 
Guys, they use uh, they use the same teacups that Queen Elizabeth uses, but in a different color scheme. <gasps> but oh they god. still have all the royal markings. I, ha- I I do have, I have one of the cups. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I know that it's. I try not to be a fangirl for the British monarchy. Yeah. Uh, because they're problematic. We have well, we have a hard but, time with that. But at the same time, I really like the teacups. So so my my judge my justification for this is that the English monarchy is and has always been a complete and utter shit show and therefore it is the most interesting ongoing soap opera uh that's been going on for centuries. So You're not wrong. Yeah. You are not wrong. So that's why I'm interested. So I know they're terrible but and that's a soap opera that's with part, a body count. That's part of it. <laughs> Part of why I love anyway. it. Um, yeah. Also, like you'll see, there's like uh, like pictures of the bar area or something, and they have like all these like huge pop art um, images of like Queen Victoria, because like yeah, Victoria BC, huh? huh of huh, course, huh. of course. Yeah, it looks really cool. Uh, they also have a spa, which includes a finished sauna, a steam inhalation room, and a mineral pool. And there's a fitness center with pools and a hot tub. I want to go to there. I. How have we not gone already is the question. Like, I know. what is going on I'm here? so, I'm like drooling over this place. Um, anyway. This is the kind of fancy we deserve to have all the time, Jen. This is like now like my answer for when people are like, what are you going to do after the vaccines going <laughs> comes out? I'm like, I'm going to fucking take a road trip to Victoria. Right. <laughs> stay I'm in this hotel. Stay at the world fanciest hotel. Like, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like. You know, if they're like, all right, well, you just blah, 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 blah. What are you going to do next? And everybody's like, I'm going to go to Disney World. That's not like Disney World as much as the next person. But fuck that. I just want to stay in really fancy hotels and like wear fluffy robes and drink tea because I'm old now. There's nothing better than lounging around in a fancy hotel in a bathrobe and like just having fancy tea service. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) All right, let's control ourselves. It's also right on the water, and apparently orcas occasionally swim in this harbor. Oh, my God. This is the perfect place, Jennifer. Oh, my God. Okay. All right, so when we change our names and run away. Yeah. Also, it's only $219 a night, and, like, I've stayed in more expensive days in. That's achievable. Yeah. Okay. Although maybe that's just, like, COVID prices. That's Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, But... Yeah, I think this is a dream that we can achieve, and I think it's something that we should shoot for because we deserve it. <laughs> we deserve a fucking vacation. Somewhere. Everyone deserves it. Once Steve's in place, all right? Yeah. We're just gonna go. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. We're gonna stop lusting over this building and drinking tea and fanciness. Yeah. Anyway. Could we? Could we have? What if we rented out one of their conference rooms, and had a, this podcast is haunted? Oh my like, god. Tea service. <laughs> with everybody who could make it because we have a lot of people on the west coast which always surprises yeah, me yeah yeah so we can have all of our west coast people come up to canada and we'll have fancy tea at the empress i love that like we're really hardcore lusting after the tea service that is like the nerdiest Listen, I... <laughs> thing ever but if You've you see my teapot but literally you if you know who i am if you ever well i mean i i've i've gone to a fancy tea service before and it is like one of the most luxurious feeling like it's so good guys okay Okay. (laughs) all right so tell so eventually this has to not be about tea sets so what's going on so obviously this place is haunted as fuck also which only heightens my desire to stay here Um, right yeah so haunted tea 
Mm-hmm. What could be better? Yeah. Um, so there's a few different um, ghosts who uh, seem to have taken up residence here. So one of them is the ghost of a chambermaid, uh, Lizzie McGrath. Oh. I know. Sad. It is going to get a little sad. It is going to get a little sad. Um, but we talk about fucking ghosts here, guys. Right. <laughs> Friends. Uh, people have to die in order for this show to happen. I'm just saying. Our show has a body count. <laughs> it doesn't have a literal body count. We just... <laughs> That's all we talk about. Um, so in 1909, it was like, this is right around when the hotel first opened. It was common for hotel staff to live on site because, you know, it's very, it's very kind of Downton Abbey era yeah. where everyone like, oh, your servant, you live in the house, um, but in a separate and smaller area. That's not as good and possibly will give you pneumonia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so uh, Lizzie McGrath is a chambermaid. Um and she lives in one of the chambermaid corridors uh, on the sixth floor. Uh, and she had a habit of uh, at night before bed, she would say her rosary um, out on the fire escape outside her room. Yeah. So one particular day, um, there were renovations going on already. And the fire escape, quote, was not there to support McGrath as she climbed outside the window. Oh, no. I think... I couldn't tell exactly what this was indicating. I think it, like, I'm imagining that she just was like, yep, time to open my window and step outside. And then just, like, didn't look before climbing outside. And That's awful. plunged to her death. That's truly awful. It is, yeah. Uh, she apparently landed right outside the the main entrance. And, yeah, that's a real oh. bummer. Especially because the main entrance is all concrete and marble. Oh, yeah. I don't think there was ever a chance that, like... I mean, it's six floors six that she was falling to. So, like, even oh. if it was grass, probably wouldn't have been great. Um, this is... I just... I wish... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always the people who have the least amount of societal protection. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did anybody get sued? Um... Was there any form of justice? This is 1909. I doubt it. Um, I mean, I think, I guess, to be fair slightly to the, the hotel, like, who goes out on a fire escape every day? I don't know. Um, I mean, but who moves a fire escape also? Without like, telling the fire anyone. Escape. Yeah, it is a fire escape. I mean, it wasn't It wasn't like the Triangle Shirtways factory fire where there was a fire. And right, were, where it was like they were locked in i guess that's my only point i'm not trying to really absolve them of any blame i'm just saying that it was kind of a freak accident uh but there have been reports of uh people seeing a full apparition of her um on like near the spot where she landed which is right by the entrance which is a little jarring people have seen her wearing her uniform and clutching her rosary um other times uh she's been seen uh going around the hotel doing her duties um, and these days, the chambermaid's quarters have been renovated and turned into offices uh, because the staff no longer lives on site. People have reported uh, feeling cold spots uh, even uh, in the summer when there's no air conditioning. So, sure. So there's another female spirit who's haunting the hotel. Um, also on the sixth floor, uh, there's a spirit of an older woman who died in her room of natural causes. Okay, I can um, with that. Yeah, this is not as tragic. Um, she's known as Margaret. I don't know if they did the research to really pinpoint who this person is, um, but they just call her Margaret. Um, so 
sometime after World War II this happened, um, Margaret would frequently visit the hotel um, from, she was from Calgary, uh, but she would come to Victoria every winter and stay in the hotel for the whole winter, which sounds so great. Pretty choice. Yeah. Honestly, that's like the dream. Yeah. So. Well, and that part of the country doesn't get the snow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like I know we associate Canada with a lot of snow, but yeah, the Pacific but, Northwest doesn't get a yeah, lot. Yeah. Like Vancouver and, and Victoria, I guess like they're right on the coast. So they don't really get a harsh. Yeah. Same with Seattle. If you're familiar with Seattle at all. Mm-hmm. God, I love Seattle. Take me there. Um, Let's go. We yeah. have some great friends there. Yeah. Ashley Black and uh, Byram Simpson mm-hmm. are ready to chill with us. Yeah. We have a couple other friends in town, Libby. Mm-hmm. So, yes, let's, let's do it. Uh, so, anyway, so Margaret is uh, staying in the hotel one winter, and, you know, she, she's an older woman, and she died of natural causes, um, but... People say that she's still there. Um, her yeah, because I wouldn't want to leave. Yeah. My kitchen hotel. Yeah. What a great place to chill for the rest of your afterlife. Um, for real. Yeah. Her body was discovered by a manager, which is not great. Um, right. Oops. Um, and they continued to rent out that room for a while. Um, but then uh, they were like, actually, maybe we shouldn't do that because things were happening. Not to beat a dead horse, but whoops yet again. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. So they decided to install an elevator in that area. Um, they were kind of like moving things around and the setup's a little different. So there is there is now an elevator shaft, allegedly, in that goes through what used to be her room. But people still uh, experience things. Um, they guests have reported seeing an older woman uh, knocking on doors in the middle of the night looking for her room. Uh, yeah. Some guests have even assisted her. Um, only to have her vanish in front of the elevator. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. I love it. Yeah, I mean, okay, I do kind of love it. Um, yeah. Maybe Resurrection Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, there's one final, there might be other, I think I saw one other story of like a construction worker's ghost wandering around there. I mean, there's probably a handful. Um, but the last one I'm going to tell you about is... None other than Sir Francis Rottenberry himself, um, the the architect of the hotel, in case you forgot. Um, sure. So he uh, was, he's um, originally from England. He was born in 1867 in Leeds, um, and he began his architectural career there in 1884. Um, and then he uh, immigrated to Vancouver in 1891, um, and he was like, 24 at the time um and so yeah this is as i said before this is right when bc was still pretty new and so they're like you know looking to uh attract people there and and display their prominence and their growing status they have their competition to design the parliament building he wins and gets a lot of other commissions including the hotel but then his kind of popularity like his popularity kind of quickly waned uh, when he lost some other competitions for like the Saskatchewan Legislative Building in 1908, so well, his, his star was pretty bright and pretty uh, brief. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure, as the best stars are. Yeah, around the time of his success in Victoria, he got involved in some financial ventures by you know supplying the kind of Yukon Territory gold rush. Um, so he's he's into like trading and supplying and that kind of a thing. 
Um, sure. But that also kind of goes bad after World War One. Um, so he's kind of like in and out of luck. <laughs> so he had married um, a, a woman named Florence Nunn in 1898, um, and they had two children, Frank and Mary. Uh, but in 1923, uh, when he is 56, uh, he leaves his family for a 27-year-old, twice-married, uh, Alma Packenham. Gross. Yeah. So they had been having an, a pretty obvious affair for some time. Um, Double gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he he's kind of a shithead. Everyone's kind of pissed at him for having this very obvious affair with a much younger woman. Also, he after he left his wife, he like promptly turned off the heating and lights in their home because he's just oh. a complete dick bag. <laughs> Do you know there's a similar story to that in Grand Haven history? Really? Yeah. Um, so the building at the top of the street, Washington there, mm-hmm. the large one, um, gosh, why can't I remember what it's called? Odd Side Ale sits within it and, uh, a couple mm. other, like Portobello restaurant. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. And that factory was the piano factory. Mm. Uh, Story and Clark Piano. Yes, that's what it's called. yes. So Hampton Story himself, uh, started the company brought it to Grand Haven and was in the process of bringing it to Grand Haven from Chicago mm-hmm. when he upped with his 24, 25 year old secretary yeah, and moved out to California mm. where he built the Hotel del Coronado, mm-hmm. which I think is, it's very famous. You've probably seen it before. It's got like kind of a lot of towers and red roofs. Okay. Um, and so he left his sons, um, uh, Hampton Jr. and Frank, I believe. Uh-huh. I could be messing up their first names. Um, and he left them with $9.23. What? I should have. In the bank account. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and so the two sons had to find a way to negotiate with the city of Grand Haven. Um, they employed so many people that like going belly up would have been disastrous for the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they had to find a way to make it work, and they were able to do it. So Grand Haven bailed them out? Grand Haven uh, let them live tax-free for a couple of years. Wow. Um, and also waived a few things like building permits here and there. Hmm. Um, so they just helped. And, yeah. you know, as a pay- as a repayment for that, it, they were the principal employer in the city of Grand Haven for pretty close to 60 years. Damn. Yeah. Well. There you go. Good for them. <laughs> But yeah, just look up the Hotel Del Coronado. It's a beautiful hotel. Okay. But again, built by a dickhead. Built by a dickhead, but still want to go there. <laughs> right. So this guy, this motherfucker, he leaves his wife and, and children uh, and turns off their utilities. His former clients and associates obviously uh, called him out on being a dickhead. Right. And began to publicly shun him. Uh, so basically... Gave him the cut direct? Yeah. All of Victoria society is like, fuck you, dude. You're a shithead. So much so that um, he and Alma uh, fled back to England. <laughs> Florence agrees to a divorce in 1925, um, and he quickly marries Alma. Yeah. Happily ever after, right? Um <laughs> Alma, by the way, uh, I think she was like a musician, so she was like... She's an interesting character herself. Uh, she had. Do yep. we hate her or? We a little bit hate her, but 
I mean, she's also young and trying to be famous. So, like, I don't, right. I don't know. Uh, she had married twice, had a child with her second husband, was, like, still trying to, like, make it as... By the time she's 24? Yeah. She's already been married twice? Well, this is the 1920s, so... You... I suppose. She probably got married at six. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah. So, she's... She's an interesting character as well. Um, so anyway, so they're living in England. They return to Victoria in 1927 with Christopher, who's Alma's son from her second marriage. They have their own son, John. And then they later decide to go back to England in 1929 um, to a place called Bournemouth. which is, And they go there in, in 29, which is the same year that Florence dies. Um, so... Things continue to... Florence being wife the first. Yes, yes, yes. Florence okay. is poor poor wife the first of right. Ratenbury. Um, so he continues to have bad financial luck in Bournemouth, uh, which... Good. Yeah, which obviously starts to cause some more problems in his marriage uh, because she was probably low-key a gold digger. And also he's like twice her age. So... so right. Um, Alma starts having an affair with their chauffeur, uh, George Percy Stoner, who was 18 at the time. His name is George Percy Stoner, though? Yes, it is. That's a great name. Yes, it is. So, yeah, so she's kind of carrying on with, with Stoner, um, kind of openly. Like, there's, like, people are like, if Redbury had to know what was going on, like she was not very good at keeping that secret and it was within their own house. So yeah. Um, but in the early hours of March 23rd, 1935, Rattenbury is found in his sitting room with severe head injuries. What year? Uh, 1935. Okay. So this is, you know, a little, they've been there for like six years or so at sure. this point. Um, so his head injuries are such that his, he, like, his head had been bashed in with a carpenter's mallet. Oh, my God. So bad that, Jen, like... Jen, why is it every time we have a story time, mm -mm. you have to tell me about a vicious head bashing? Well, you tell me about your uh, intimate health things, so... My intimate health? You're my friend, Jennifer. I know, but you sent me awful pictures. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I said, everybody, the awful picture she's referring to, uh, I sent her a picture of my surgical site on my left arm yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And she was... I quite upset physically gagged physically <laughs> so i'm just telling you this uh, i'm not even sending you a picture so deal with it that's hilarious um intimate health though makes it sounds like i'm sending you pictures of my hoo -ha. yeah i didn't really mean that phrase that was unfortunate um right whatever i it's it is what it is um i showed her my left arm guys yeah 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 anyway go ahead anyway, go ahead so his head is bashed in um oh. <laughs> There were, like, pieces of his skull missing, and it had knocked out his teeth. Like, that's how much force it was. Wow. And let me tell you, he was not dead. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. He survived. He wishes he was dead. Well, he soon was. He survived for four days <gasps> after the injury. Yeah. But then he died. Um, so, <laughs> Alma confessed. <laughs> Did she? Um, but then... And she was strong enough to do it, or was it Stoner? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, because uh, Stoner admitted to the housekeeper that he actually did the deed. So it was uh, definitely a team operation. Um, For sure. Yeah. It would have to be. So he did the deed, um, but they're both 
arrested and charged. Alma later retracted her confession after her older son visited her in prison and was probably like, just, just don't, don't take the fall for this. So Stoner was sentenced to death, but it was commuted to life in prison after there was a petition signed by 300,000 people uh, that argued that he had been manipulated by Alma because, you know, she was older than him at the time and his employer and all that good stuff. So there was also a big movement in North America at that point in time to deal away with federal execution. Well, this is in England. Remember? Oh, probably the same, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyways, the death penalty is wrong and immoral and we shouldn't do that. Um, but <laughs> so they commuted his sentence, thankfully. Um, Alma was actually acquitted of the murder, um, which is kind of interesting. Like, I feel like she probably should have taken a little bit more heat for that. Mm-hmm. But whatever. But she she was obvious. She felt very distraught about it and she actually died by suicide like days later so it's kind of a sad story um yeah stoner um actually only served seven years of his sentence um before he was released to help fight in world war ii and he uh he died in the year 2000 (laughs) at the age of 83 wow yes isn't that wild that is so wild Mm -hmm. that guy lived a life he was a carriage driver, a soldier. He killed a man. Yeah. He saw people walk on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, like, anytime you see, like, you're, like, this is an old timey story, but then when one of the characters is, like, lives to be alive the same time as us, I'm like, what the fuck? Right. So back to the, the Empress Hotel. Um, so obviously the ghost of Sir Francis has uh, been seen wandering the halls. They see him dressed in kind of a period attire. Specifically, he hangs out on the staircase to the lower lobby where his portrait hangs, um, as well as in the basement near the men's room. So, yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. <sighs> so, yeah, that is... Uh, those are the, the ghosts of the Empress Hotel. Just thought that was a pretty wild story. We have to go. Yes. We have to. Yes. Obviously. All right. So I've got a story. It just occurs to me that I've never actually said this person who is my friend and we talk on the internet like all the time. Yeah. Uh, it could be Araya or it could be Aria. So. Or Araya. Araya. <laughs> yeah. I actually genuinely do not know. I've never thought about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always just said Aria like Game of Thrones in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, so sweetheart, if I'm completely messing this up, please let me know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah, it's also part of her opening. Oh, okay. <laughs> hi, hi, ladies. My name is Araya or Aria or whatever. <laughs> if you don't want to use it, you don't have to. I always find it funny to hear my name being read when the person isn't sure how to pronounce my yeah, name. Yeah, you're, you're used to this happening, huh? You're, this is not your first rodeo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let me know how to say your name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've had your podcast on my list for ages, and I finally started it the other night and fell in love. I'm binging through, and on episode 13, I love both of you. Uh, oh, uh, this also is... Monday, August 3rd, we started being friends like two days later while I was in the hospital. Wow. So yeah, uh, when I would like be up late, so would she. Back in the day. Back in the day. Um, I love both of you. Hearing musicals I love, mentioning of old actors, friends, the office, Harry Potter references are all amazing. You're currently singing Veggie Tales, and I fucking love it. (laughs) I laughed to tears multiple times already. 
Um, all right, so this is too flattering, and I'm going to keep going yes. because we get awkward. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay, so this is long, and I'm so stor- sorry, but I have two stories. Mm-hmm. One is still currently going on, and the other one is an old sweet one from when I was 11 or 12. Okay. My older one has to do with a neighbor I once had. Growing up in a small town, I knew a lot of the people around me. There was an old couple down the street that my grandma was friends with, and since she watched me, I spent a time at the couple's house quite a bit. They even babysat me from time to time. They were so sweet, and I loved being around them. Sadly, when I was 11, Jean, the old lady, was diagnosed with some sort of illness. I can't remember if it was cancer or something else. She got really sick very quick, though. My mom married my stepdad in December, and Jean managed to send over a gift. I can't remember exactly when Jean died, but sometimes at the end of December or beginning of January, Jean passed away. It was really sad. I could I would see her husband, Lyle, taking walks, and one day I went out and tried to comfort him somehow. I remember saying she was in a better place and no longer sick, hoping that it would somehow help. Around that time, my mom wrote a thank you card to them for the wedding gift, and since I was going on a walk with my friends, I said I would drop it off. When we got to their house, my friends stayed down by the road while I went up to the door. They were at least 20 feet away, and I could hear them, uh, though it was faint. This is important. Hmm. I knocked on the door, and I heard footsteps and then nothing. Okay. So I rang the doorbell. Again, no one came to the door, but I swear I heard movement. They did not have any animals. I went to leave, but realized I could leave the card in the screen door so they would get it when they got home. Mm -hmm. I did that and turned to walk away, and as I fully turned, I heard a voice that said, Clear as day right beside me. I'm happy. I didn't get scared, and it made me smile because it was Jean telling me that I was right and she was okay wherever she was. Mm -hmm. Aww, that's sweet. I realize how long this is already, so I'll save the current haunting for another email. Uh, by the way, I smoke weed <laughs> to help with my health and mental health. Nice. It's amazing and I recommend it. Right on. <laughs> uh, or vaping and eating it. You can also find strains that won't make you paranoid or anxious. Ah, so this is directed um, at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Jen, this is definitely for you. Uh, for mental health too, microdosing with shrooms has proven to work very well. Wow. And I'm thinking about looking All into right. that. Oh, I'm sure you've been told this already, but I wanted to share it in case you hadn't. Mm-hmm. Houdini would not have died from that punch. Okay, so the story, remember the Fox Theater, Houdini died on Halloween night in Detroit. He bet somebody to punch him, and they punched him so hard he died. So he would not have died from that punch Uh if he wasn't so stubborn. He had appendicitis. (laughs) He needed to go to the hospital, be refused in order to perform. Wow. So when he got hit unexpectedly, it ruptured his appendix, and that's how he died. You know, that makes a lot more sense to me. It does. Yeah, you're just getting punched punched to death by one hit. Yeah, Yeah, because that can really, like, ruptured appendices is, like, really... Really bad. Yeah, it doesn't seem like Yeah, fun. like everyone's like, oh, yeah, I got my appendix out. But like, if you don't take care of that shit and it explodes in your body, like, you're going to, you could die. For real. Um, so yeah. anyways, uh, she finishes with, I'm obsessed with paranormal and true crime. I know way too much about it. I have Googled way too much. My file somewhere would be a danger if I wasn't so lazy. <laughs> I know it. Uh, I love the podcast. I'm always finding new really good ones to binge. I'm picky and obsessive, and I have a list of podcasts, but only continually regularly listen up to five or ten. I feel that. I know. We're in good company there. Uh, I have to say, you working in a museum sounds like one of the coolest jobs. It is super cool, but also they never pay you. No. No. Uh, But anyways, (laughs) hopefully I'll be caught up by next week. Uh, Thank you for all that you are doing. Yay. Okay, we've got three new Patreons. Um, 
Oh, oh, thank you guys. Jess Howen. We know Jess. Jess. We, um, no, yay. I need to say hi to Jess because uh, we uh, had a, a lovely chat along uh, when there was a, a Mabim Bam live show and we, we bonded over that because you don't listen to Mabim Bam and I do. And you know what? What? I've started listening to Mabim Bam. <gasps> yes. Join us. But just like a little bit because they do clips on TikTok and so now I feel like I know it a whole lot better. Yeah. And I have to say, while those boys are very funny- uh-huh. Their very nasally voices oh. make me want to stab them. Oh, well, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Continue. So, Jess, thank you. Uh, also, Alice Amundsen. Uh-huh. Uh, thank you, Alice. I feel like I know your name. And Haley Ward. Okay. All right. All people we know. Perfect. Um, thank you, guys. It, seriously. I know we've said this before, yeah. but you allowed us to hire Danny, mm-hmm. who has been able to keep the show on the rails because between my illness and Jen's full-time workload and like she just, just got a house and shit. Lack of being able to accomplish things. Right. <laughs> There's just no fucking way we could do this without Danny. And so uh, thank you guys for supporting the Patreon because you literally are keeping the show on the air. Yeah. Um, and so with that, Jeffrey. Uh-huh. Been about an hour and a half, and I am out of steam. Find us on social media, and we'll be back in two weeks, I think, unless it's Christmas time. You know what? Let's. I think two weeks from now, yeah, is November is December twenty fourth. But like, let's put it out there. Let's maybe another listeners episode. This one will go live on the twenty fourth. Wait a minute. No, it does. Oh yeah. yeah. Happy Christmas, everyone! Happy Christmas, everybody! (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't celebrate Christmas. Happy whatever the fuck you are getting Happy the warm glowies about. Happy Thursday. Yeah. And I hope you guys, like, this Christmas holiday season, what have you, could be a bit of a bummer. Yeah. So I hope wherever you are, you are happy and healthy and well. And I hope we can keep you company. Yeah. For a little bit. Stay spooky, motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah.